0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Town Stories podcast. I am your host, Matt Cox. Uh, thanks, as always, for joining us. Um, it does uh, mean a lot, you guys that reach out um, and say that you listen to the pod or you uh, subscribe to us or shoot me a text and say that you enjoyed a particular episode. Um, everybody that's done that, thank you very much. And just thanks for listening in general. Um, so before we get to our awesome, awesome guests today, as always, a quick word from Ash Creek, Oregon. The Capitol Building Goldman, Hoopla, the Art Fair, these are all Town staples. It's time to add another to the list. Ash Creek, Oregon hazelnuts are the official sponsor of the Town Stories podcast and need to be the official sponsor of your taste buds this fall. They're roasted, milk, my personal favorite, and dark chocolate hazelnuts will make you the star of any tailgate, go beaves happy hour, or night by the fire pit with friends. Go to ashcreekoregon.com and order today. And after that quick word from our sponsor, Ash Creek Oregon, um, I am joined by the guest. You guys have been waiting for. Um, you may know her from South Salem High School, um, great athlete and musician in those days. Uh, these days, she is a recording artist. Um, she's recorded in Nashville, Seattle, multiple albums uh, across multiple different genres. I am joined by Sarah Edmonds. Sarah, how are you doing?
1: I'm good, Matt. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. And where are you joining us from?
1: I am coming from Seattle, Washington.
0: There we go. Just just to the north. We definitely have some listeners in Seattle who will be excited to hear from you, just like they are in Salem. <laughs> so with that, Sarah, um, before we obviously get into, you're up to a lot of different things, namely uh, music being one of them, but multiple other things. Um, but for our listeners um, who may have heard of you, but don't uh, know everything about you could you give us just kind of an initial um run through as to what your ties to the Salem area are
1: yeah sure um I was born and raised in Salem uh my family was largely born and raised in Salem so I feel like I have a lot of ties there my my parents still live there um mm-hmm couple of my siblings still live there, one has a couple of kids, and um, yeah, it feels like home to me. I think that we've, I just have a lot of history there. Um, I'm trying to think of what else to tell you. I went to Leslie Middle School and South Salem High School, and um, you know, both my parents actually went to Leslie and South. Um, they didn't know each other um, before they ended up getting married, but... Uh, I feel like the roots run deep there.
0: And if I'm not mistaken, you are South class of 05.
1: Am I right there? Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm.
0: I knew I had it. Okay. Yeah. I remember <laughs> <Good job. laughs> coming in and I was excited to to talk to you because I think, I think I was a freshman when you were graduating. Um,
1: oh, I nice. Know. I was going to ask you when you were there.
0: Yeah, I, w- I was, uh, I was 08. And so I was excited to get you on today as, as we talked about, um, off air. Um, my mom kind of coordinated this and then I, <laughs> I, I came to find out. Um, and that's one of my favorite things about this podcast is I, I get a chance to talk to people who I had no idea um, all of the cool stuff that they're up to. And and you're certainly uh, no exception as far as that goes. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> of course. And so with that said, um, you graduate South Salem um, mm-hmm. and in 2005. Um, yeah. Take us through. We'll obviously do more of a detailed, like deep dive on specifics about your music and what you've been up to and all that stuff. But if you give us just kind of a high level look at what you've been doing, so you go to U of O straight out of out of high school, then what? Yeah, yeah.
1: So I spent a year in Eugene, and uh, yeah, went to U of o. Um, I think got the itch to do something a little different, and applied to a couple of different schools, a couple smaller schools, and, um, you know, none, I'm, I'm the oldest of all of my siblings, so no one had really, like, gone off to college yet, and I was pretty lucky to have parents that were open to exploring, like, different parts of the country and other opportunities, so I think I had been studying some biology there and secretly was, you know, wanting to to do music and explore kind of my artistic side. So knew that Nashville was music city and applied to Vanderbilt and got in and then kind of just went to Nashville when I was 19. Um, Not really knowing anybody, but somehow feeling like this is where I've got to go. So went on a big journey.
0: Yeah, so that's interesting because our guest Mm -hmm. last week, um, Jalen Butte, he has kind of a a similar story in that he went to OSU for one year and sort of, I forgot what he was studying. I know you said you were studying biology. I mean, and and he did a similar thing where he decided to chase his passion, which in his case was um, hair and fashion stuff. For you, it was music. I mean, did you have like Mm -hmm. a specific moment at U of O where you were just kind of like, uh, this biology thing isn't for me. I think I want to chase this music deal.
1: <laughs> it's a great question. I, I don't know that I had that moment actually at U of O. I, I think it was more of a kind of all encompassing. I think I need a change and to go sort of do something on my own. So I had actually, I had gone to the new university, like under the idea that I would still major in biology. So I I would say it was more of like a psycho-spiritual revolution in myself of, you know, slowly allowing myself to, to look at the passion because I still studied biology when I got to Vanderbilt. Um, and it wasn't until, I think, my junior year that I was like, all right, I'm, I'm finding myself in all of these musicology classes. And, um, you know, I think I had an advisor or someone that was kind of like, what do you, you know, what do you really want? What's like, what makes your heart come alive? And, um, so I was able to, I guess, work out my, like creating my own major ultimately with some of the, like what I thought were extracurricular type classes. Um, I, I turned them into my own major, which was music and anthropology. And it's kind of a long-handed way of saying ethnomusicology. There was just no program for that at the school at the time. So,
0: um,
1: yeah, I it's, love
0: music. <laughs> it's, it, it's interesting how sometimes there you, you mentioned your uh, particular advisor who talked to you. It's interesting how you run into those people in life, this one person who kind of um, helped you get on your trajectory to, to what you're doing now. So it wasn't so I'm It was when you initially decided I'm moving to Nashville, it wasn't necessarily like this is for music. It was more just I, I want to try something new kind of deal
1: yeah, you know, I think it was both. I mean, I I will actually probably frame it more like I had both voices in me and one was louder, you know, but the the deeper one was like, ooh, I also know that there's music there. So I think I think I was trying to figure out how to handle the side of me that wanted to, I don't know have a, have a career or have something maybe more predictable and then, the kind of passion side was more like, well, you're in this life, you know, for one time in, in the current body and mind that I have now. And like, somehow I can't let go of, you know, wanting to look more. So it really, I don't know how to say it other than I had, I had both thoughts in my body and mind at the time. And um, ultimately one, I kind of had to make a choice, I guess, is what ended up happening. But I knew deep down that you know, that music was kind of on my,
0: on my heart. No, I, I gotcha. You only, like you said, you only get one shot at this. And if you, if you don't see where your passion can take you, you know, you could be, could be kicking yourself down the road. So with, with, with that said, you're in music city. Um, you go to the university of Vanderbilt, excellent university. Um, Mm -hmm. And then you're in Nashville for 10 years, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Take us through that time a little bit.
1: Sure. Um, well, the first part of it, a pretty big chunk of it, was at school. So I wasn't, I would say I wasn't totally out, like, in the community as much as I was, like, doing the campus thing, which to me is very different, actually, than, like, Nashville at large. So, yeah. Um, Studied there, like found my way into the jazz band world. Like I was not in the music school um, formally, but again, like I kind of just ended up there, I think a lot. And um, so was in the jazz band, was singing there. And when I graduated, I had a um, professor who's no longer with us, uh, who was the big band instructor there. And I think he really believed in what I was doing and what I liked to do jazz and um helped me produce an album actually and his spouse um BJ Adara is a pretty well-known piano player and she played on the record um that we made like kind of right when I was graduating getting out of school so um and and
0: is that one this time the dreams on me
1: yeah exactly yeah so yeah I was kind of getting my topped up with jazz singing, trying to hire trios to play at little bars and restaurants, um, made that record with some really amazing musicians. It's really fun to, I mean, I can't believe so much time's gone by, to be honest, but it's fun to listen to because it. I think there's still a nascent spirit to it that's, that's really reflective of that time. And, um, you know, I, I can look back on it now uh, and know that actually the Billy, the guy who helped me produce it, um, had cancer and was oh, wow. pretty pretty actively dying at the time, but didn't really let on to it very much. So it was it's kind of this beautiful, I don't know, project that I got to to do with someone who uh, was definitely revered in the community at the time. Um, so that happened, and then what else? What else happened? I you know, I was working odd jobs, sort of singing jazz at night. I ended up in accounting offices of all things at a small label called Compass Records that is primarily like bluegrass and Irish music, Celtic music. Um, so, kind of saw what it would be like to run a really small label. It's like family family run, and then um, got hired. I had some student loan debt, so I was like, I need to get rid of this, and needed kind of more of a substantial job, so went over to Capital Records, actually, and worked in the music, or excuse me, the the finance and sales department over there, so I had these, like, strange jobs in music, but was always really craving to, like, actually be on the more performing arts side of it all, um, if that makes sense, so.
0: Yeah, it does. And you mentioned, I, I know that that album is, is, is special to you because of, of it just different things that were going on during that mm-hmm. time. When you go back and we're going to get into more of what you're doing these days, music wise, because it's a little bit different back then. You were more focused on jazz. But do you do you go back and and listen to your old albums?
1: No, <laughs> I don't know. Not really. I mean, it's sort of, you know, sometimes it's, it can be a really nice gift to yourself in the future, actually, if you're ever feeling like, oh, why am I doing this anymore? Or, you know, this isn't, this isn't the right path. Sometimes to actually listen to what you thought was important, you know, long ago is, it's kind of like a little future message to yourself that, you know, it's okay to, it's okay to pursue art. It's okay to look at yourself in this kind of intimate way and share it with others. And I think it actually is, you know, it can be really inspiring to see and listen to old work.
0: Yeah. I asked, I had, I had Whitney McLean on a few weeks ago, who's also a recording artist. She's down in in the LA area. And I've heard it, Mm. I've heard, I've heard it both ways. I've heard people that say kind of what you did, where it's, it's, it's kind of a special thing to be able to go back and listen to that. And it takes you back to a, a different moment in your life or you're able to reflect on some stuff. And then I've also like Whitney was like, I listen to myself because, and she has an incredible voice, obviously, but she goes, I listen to myself, uh, to try to practice, but I cringe at the sound of my own voice. I hate listening to it. So I've heard it. It's always interesting to ask people who, who do music, how they feel about that.
1: Totally. Totally. I totally get what you're saying.
0: Um, so after you're, so you're in Nashville for 10 years, you record that mm-hmm. album. And then you make the decision to move to Seattle in 2017. Um, mm-hmm. What went into that?
1: You know, a lot went into that. I, I think I did a pretty good job visiting, <laughs> for the most part, you know, my family that was back in Salem. Um, it was a whole mix of, I guess, I experienced something that actually kind of changed my life in a way. I mean, I... I will be pretty candid i guess with it because i feel like i've processed a lot of it by now but i worked at a label like a, a major record label um for about five years and uh kind of learned the hard way that the that environment was really toxic for me and like had some really negative experience with some personnel and mm-hmm. um yeah i mean it was it, i will say it was like in that me too uh era um which is still happening (laughs) unfortunately um but yeah i was starting to really learn about power and dynamics of you know being in music city where a lot of it can be about you know who's 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 the next up-and-coming person and like who's in charge of helping someone get there and there's really amazing awesome people who want to make that happen and then there's people who are kind of out for um making it happen on on their terms for whatever reason and i was kind of like this isn't for me i don't i don't like being on the kind of flashier side of uh i guess like the dark side of what art is to me Mm um and so it it came down to like do i want to still be here? Do I want to try something new? And I was in a partnership at the time, and he moved out here and had a job opportunity. So I was like, well, you know, the things that I'm kind of attempting to do out here actually don't really feel aligned with like who I am and what I want to do. And um, so moved out here to be closer to home and also just kind of restart. And um, it, it changed my life in a really positive way. Actually, I I have found that the Seattle community is so open and warm to like new ideas, all ideas. Like, there's so much um, opportunity here with open mics and, you know, KXPs out here supporting local artists. And that's not to say that like Nashville has a, a beautiful and wonderful music community there too, obviously. Um, but I just hadn't found it there for myself yet. So I think being closer to home and, you know being in the northwest really kind of feels more like home to me um helped me really blossom creatively
0: and on that note i know you mentioned um that the move to seattle you felt like really helped you with your creative process in fact there mm-hmm. was there was even a, a period of time you mentioned where you really weren't writing any music and the seattle move it sounds like really helped you um feel creative again and get back to writing music. I mean, wh- what do you think it is about the city that, that and Andrew, I know you have a um, a pretty cool living situation that you told me about as well, um, but take us through that. How do you think that that helped you kind of get back to doing what you love and writing music?
1: Yeah, thanks for asking it like that. I think, I mean, I will just, I can only speak from my experience, obviously, and I think it, it was a combination of, of the city and just timing of things going on in my life like I think I guess I'll I'll zoom out and say that you know in my opinion everyone is creative and has the capacity to look at their lives creatively and um truly I just think I hadn't I hadn't evolved there yet in my mind in my in my ability to like be comfortable with and be really honest with myself and um like it just, it took a lot of practice and work to be in that space. So, um, it was the combination of, for me, actually just, uh, finding little open mics here in town that, you know, like there's one called the Fremont Abbey that has a, a beautiful kind of acoustic old church vibe happening. And, um, like every other Tuesday and, you know, every month, like, people meet and share really intimate things like in a very small setting. So it was kind of, it was therapeutic for me. Whereas in Nashville, I think my approach to trying to write was just to be really frank, like caught up in, in the business side, just because that was the Mm -hmm. world I was coming from. And and in that side of things, oftentimes there's emphasis on marketing and what's selling and, you know, all, all that stuff. So I was, I was, all in a jumble in my mind about how to, you know, do what works to try to like somehow make a living off of music, and then um, I just hadn't I hadn't found that I don't really need to pay attention to that stuff in order to to do what's important, which is just tell the truth and you know not really worry about those other things. And I think the universe has a way of supporting kind of those attitudes and ideas that exist in truth. So. Um, I hope that's not too high fluting, (laughs) but it's sort
0: of how I think about
1: it. You know, I don't know. So,
0: so there's a there's a level of pressure that you it sounds like that you felt in Nashville that this is this is a certain sound that they want or this is a certain way they want me to do music, and maybe in Seattle you were kind of able to get back to doing the music that that you want to do without that pressure of the labels. Is that am I characterizing that correctly?
1: Totally, and it's all you know. Really, it's it all comes down to my mindset and my ability to see see beyond it in either way, you know. But that's I think that's what had to happen for me to to really step back and,
0: um, and
1: so, yeah, see more positively.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so when you when you get to Seattle, you're with you're with a band called Larson Gardens. Now, um, how yeah. did you? What's what's the story there? How did you connect with them, and and when did uh, I guess, when did you first link up with them, and what's the story?
1: Yeah, well, the this, this story is actually that I, it's sort of a one-woman band, to be honest, so I, like, named my project that in many ways, and um, I feel really grateful to have uh, my my buddy Brian Connor, who I met when I first moved here, who plays guitar and writes his own stuff, and he was like, oh, I can I can play along to this music and came up with some parts so the entity of the Larson Gardens band really is like it's a kind of beautiful mix of different people who who come in and out to learn the songs and um play bigger shows so I've mostly been performing just kind of solo um until actually the silver lining of the pandemic was that I was like well I'm gonna release this record because I've been sitting on it for a while and you know, not worrying about needing to perform too much. But um, I also have some buddies who are amazing uh, live film. Uh, They're like an amazing live film crew. And they started this thing in the pandemic where they um, put local musicians like in front of their giant film set and just like really debuted voices that maybe would otherwise be unheard or unseen. And so it put a fire under my butt to get a to get a band together and try to perform the records that I made in Nashville like a few years prior. So.
0: And that's that, it. that crew that has the, the film company, that's, you live with some of them, correct?
1: So this is great. Actually, I know lots of people in the film world, That they're, they are a, a company called sessions in place. And they're doing just particularly like live sound live filming and, um, but I yes, I did mention to you that I'm I'm now in an art house with um, a film company called Bioluminescent Films that does lots of music videos and are debuting their first full length film, um, which is just so rad because I I am kind of like living out a dream of living in and around creative people. So we just moved in together, and I'm so pumped to see what like the next year will bring really just kind of having that energy buzzing around.
0: Yeah. I can only imagine being surrounded with people who are that creative. It can only have a, a positive impact on your music. It seems like.
1: Yeah, totally. We're, we're super supportive of each other and help each other out on projects and it's fun.
0: So, and and you mentioned um, when we when we spoke, you feel lately it sounds like you've been getting um, some pretty good momentum with this project. You're playing. Um, I know people coming in out of your band. Ooh. and you, You've been playing. Do you have like a a certain? Do, goal or place you want to take this in the next few years or is it more just about kind of enjoying the the process and making your music
1: Ooh, um a healthy dose of of both i think um <laughs> it's funny it's almost like one feels the other it's like if i start getting too too focused on like big picture stuff then i lose the heart of it you know so it's like really just bite-sized little goals but um yeah, I mean, I think it's it's really fun to be a dreamer and and like write things down in a journal and then, you know, five years later sort of like see the thing you wrote down and then all of a sudden it happened, you know, <laughs> it's like, wait a second, like I, I recently got to perform at the Tractor Tavern in Seattle because my, my buddy who works there was like, hey, we need an opener for this um, band Torres that's coming through and in Nashville, actually, I had I remember seeing her play at this little jean shop that had music in their backyard, and I was like blown away by her music. And I hadn't really started writing stuff yet. This is still in my secret closeted phase of wanting to write my own stuff. You know, I was like performing jazz, but deep down, I really wanted to be a writer. And I was like, someday I want to be able to like write like her, be as brave as her. And then all of a sudden. I was like opening for her 10 years later. So that kind of blew my mind as a, like a long-term connection. So all that to say, yes, I've got goals and I feel like they're, you know, I really want to play some festivals. I really want to tour and figure out what it's like to have a band on the road. I haven't really done that yet. Um, everyone's been so grounded with everything. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to, to get out there and make some, a new record.
0: Absolutely. And, and that's, I think that's a, a good mindset for anything is to, you know, focus on the process and those results tend to take care of themselves. And sounds like you're, uh, on the right path and everybody, uh, in Salem that's listening and elsewhere is, uh, certainly rooting for you. And it sounds like you're doing extremely well. Um, I wanted to switch gears because this is one um, thing you mentioned you wanted to make sure that we got to, um, aside from music, um, you are working on a pretty cool, uh, I don't know if I'd call it a, a project or um, something that you like to do It's it, involving tantric philosophy, which I actually, <laughs> I actually go- Googled this after you told yes. me about it because I had not heard of it. Um, just take us through what, what you're doing with that real quick.
1: Yeah, sure. Um I mean, it's, it kind of blows my mind that I'm trying to do all of it a little bit because there's such big topics to me. But um, yeah, I think from being in Seattle and, and I guess just being on a path of pursuing my own healing and growth, I stumbled into, um, I guess, more of it, it, it's, it's reminiscent of like Buddhist practice, but um, it's an Indian tradition. Um, that dates back over 5,000 years of, uh, I guess, seeing yourself as a microcosm of, of the universe, like that we're all kind of one entity. If you like zoom into us all on a cellular level, you know, we, we die, we go back into the ground and we're sort of like recycled into this experience of living. So I guess it's, it's more of like a philosophy of life or with which to see, your life and nature and all that's around you. And um, I, in that kind of like psychological philosophy, there's also a lot of breath work practice that can help you or help anyone who's interested um, really ground into their body. And it's, it's a line of work that I sort of came upon in, I guess, since I touched on it earlier, um, yeah, having having a Me Too moment that really shocked me into having to look at my life and myself differently. And if you know, for anyone out there who's experienced something like this, like there is, there is hope and there's healing. And I'm I'm, I guess determined to have that be part of my life as something I want to teach or share with others. Um, whether it gets, you know, played out in a song I write or um, is something I can share through more like yogic practice but i'm i'm currently pursuing a certification to be a breathwork teacher um so you know my dream is like to have clients that i can take on the road or whatever and and help if they need it and you know play music by night i think that would be pretty cool so that's a very like brief overview of the depth of of what that philosophy contains but i guess i hope that helps if you have any questions, go for
0: it. Yeah, no. Uh, thanks for sharing that with us, Sarah. I yeah. That, um, a lot of people have, have been through, a lot of women have been through probably similar stuff. And um, it probably means a lot to them to, to hear, hear you uh, share that. So thank you. Um, You're
1: welcome.
0: So... Before we kind of get to the end here, at the end, I'm going to give you a chance to share different places where people can listen to your music if they want to get involved um, with what you're doing with tantric philosophy, anything else. We'll do that at the end. But real quick, this is a new segment we've been doing recently. Um, We're going to do a quick fire round of little one word. They don't have to be one word answers, but kind of short answers. Is that is that okay with you?
1: Yeah, sure.
0: All right. What is your favorite venue you have played? Ooh,
1: the Tractor Tavern.
0: Tractor Tavern. And what part of Seattle is that in? It's in Ballard. That's Ballard? Okay. Yeah. Tractor Tavern. Get out there. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. will be playing more. Um, mm-hmm. Best book you've read recently?
1: Ooh. What have I been reading? I'm, like, looking at my bookshelf. That's exposing me as not having read anything lately, but... Um... This is not quick.
0: I put you on the spot. You can name. Any you bo-
1: did. Any book. I know. I'm like. Uh, to be honest, it's. I was trying to read Anna Karenina for years, and it took me like five years to read it, and that's probably. No, I've read a lot of interesting stuff. You know, to keep on the. To keep on kind of the, tantric world. Um, I read The Body Keeps the Score, and I feel like
0: that's a really important. Book. The, bo- the body keeps the score.
1: Yeah. It's like about trauma
0: healing. Favorite recent movie or TV show You've watched
1: Ooh, I haven't been watching TV are you proud of me Oh you know what I did (laughs) No I did watch um, I watched The the Witches of Eastwick Two nights ago And I don't know if you've seen that But it's like Cher and Michelle Pfeiffer And um Jack Nicholas is that his name? I always get the golfer and the actor.
0: Confused, Jack, I do Nicholson. Nicholson, you got it.
1: yeah, the scary one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Very uh, yeah, very in the spirit of Halloween. But it floored me, it was pretty funny.
0: There you go. I, that just yeah. hit home for me that Halloween is in like less than a month. I, hadn't, I know. Being in in New York, you don't really see the pumpkins and stuff out all over the place as much.
1: But you have your costume, right?
0: I, I don't yet. Do you?
1: Oh, I'm always just a witch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Easy. No, you, don't have, you, don't, you don't have to think about it. Yeah, um, totally. <laughs> favorite Seattle restaurant?
1: Ooh. Oh. Uh, Kedai Makan.
0: Ooh, it is kind of a food?
1: Mal- Malaysian food restaurant, and it's so good. They, oh. like, don't take reservations. You have to get there at 5.30 and stand in line, but
0: I'll check that one out next time. What is mm-hmm. your favorite place, favorite travel destination that you've been to? It can be in the U.S. or or elsewhere.
1: I got to go to Italy two years ago, and I went on this like thirty day solo walking trip around Europe. Um, so I would say I'd go back and visit my friends in Rome.
0: Given the choice, would you rather play an indoor or outdoor concert? Indoor. What about as a spectator, Sam?
1: I don't know. I you know no, I kind of like outdoor. To be honest, I like the picnic style.
0: Yeah, is yeah, indoor but... your, your preference if you're performing because the sounds better?
1: Yeah, I think so. Well, and I I get, you know I play such like quiet intimate stuff it feels like the right space
0: gotcha okay (laughs) lastly who are some of your favorite artists or influences that you listen to Ooh,
1: i would say fiona apple's at the top of my list for a lot of things and for a lot of reasons do you know fiona apple i don't yeah so she was you know in the 90s she did these songs like criminal and these kind of like piano heavy pop songs um and but is somebody who like had this pop stardom but openly talks about how you know she sort of felt like if she shared her songs in a room of people she would be understood and uh you know but really got swept up and kind of like being needed by hollywood and has just continued to I guess, resist all that. And and she feels like she really strongly is not afraid to express whatever she needs to express. So her stuff's like kind of out there, but it's so honest and really original. And then similar vein, um, Bjork has, is someone I've gotten into a lot more recently in the last couple of years. Um, I just think she's like, beyond cool and sort of has this timeless way of writing that like is so forward. Like like her stuff is really weird, but it's because it will be like popular in 10 years, if that makes sense. <laughs> like she can see the future, I
0: think. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Cool, thank you. Or I know our listeners will appreciate uh, the recommendations in music, film, and writing, and food, and travel. <laughs> yeah. We got lots of recommendations. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, get out there.
0: <laughs> all right, Sarah, well, this has been super cool. Um, as I always do uh, for our guests at the end here, I want to give you a chance if there's um, anything you want to shout out as far as um, stuff that you're working on. Obviously, your music tell me if I'm wrong, but I think it's available on Apple music and Spotify. Um, if you could share where people can follow along with you or anything you want to share as to how people can support you or support any cause that you want to shout out.
1: Uh, yeah. Um, yes. iTunes, Spotify, all the major streaming services. I prefer Bandcamp. It's It's pretty cool place to support artists. Um, you can stream the music there but you can also buy it and keep it in your library it's really like just art or like artist forward way of, of helping people I don't know survive because we're you know still in a capitalist society so we gotta have money <laughs> but it's like and it's a nice place to do that um and then yeah I just I'm just so appreciative of anybody who wants to Listen in and um, you can say hi on Instagram. I am under Larson Gardens. So it's like at Larson, L-A-R-S-E-N Gardens. Um, yeah, don't, don't be a stranger. Say hi, especially if you're from Salem.
0: There you go, folks. Be sure to download uh, Sarah's albums. Um, you can search her music. I believe the first album, this time the dreams on me. Um, you will need to search Sarah Edmonds. The other albums will be under Larson Gardens. Do I have that right, Sarah? Mm hmm. There you go. So get on there, download those, um, preferably on Bandcamp, support Sarah, um, and follow along with her Instagram. Come see her play at uh, Tractor Tavern or elsewhere um, in the days, months, weeks, years to come. Um, but, Sarah, thank you so much. Uh, This was really cool hearing from you. you got an awesome story and it's, uh, you know, still very much in progress. So we'll be following along. But thanks for making time for us today.
1: Yeah, thank you. This is so fun.
0: All right. Have a good one.
1: Bye-bye.